Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. Well, good morning, guys. Hope you all are doing well. Thanks for joining us on the Native Citizens Podcast. I am joined by Elsie, uh, our Storehouse Kids Director. Hello. And Mr. J, who oversees the safety of our church. Hey. Yeah, it's basically mm-hmm. all of it. That's all you need to do. Um, covenant member also. Anyway, uh, apart from that, how are you guys uh, How are you guys doing this morning? Doing well. Everybody is drinking a lot we of coffee. Coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long week. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. In a way, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you have had a long week. Yeah, I think. Yeah. You've been Tops it all. Going to and fro <laughs> everywhere. But this is good. Coffee. <laughs> Coffee in the word. Yeah. Coffee in the word. Coffee yeah. in the word. Yeah. What about you, Elsie? How's your week going? It was um, a good week because I got better sleep and there was, you know, more um, accountability with um, with some of the ladies and, you know, confessing and repenting and all that. The, <laughs> Lord, uh, the Lord's work in my heart. <laughs> Just doing some sanctification. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone else? I was busy <laughs> loving Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a lot of good things too. My dad has been making really good improvements in his recovery. So we had some follow-up appointments with his doctors, and uh, praise God, he's his heart is getting better. Um, it's still a little weak, but um, he, yeah, it just has to keep keep checking he's got two more months of cardiac rehab um he's got to maintain a good blood pressure he has to stay within a certain range so that has to stay consistent so things like that so it's been good 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 and productive and progressive Mm -hmm. no that's that's really good yeah Yeah, for sure yeah um i'm excited because this week i'm back in the pulpit so nathaniel preached last week i was in brownsville Mm -hmm. um how was the week the week was good uh Um, it's been a really productive week because, I mean, certainly working on my sermon, but then on Saturday we have the men's gathering. Mm -hmm. And so I thought like coming into the week, I thought I knew what I was going to teach on. I think I was going to start with second Kings and then Wednesday afternoon I was like, scrap that going to Acts. And so, uh, looking forward to that time. And in addition to that, something we can talk about later, but in addition to that, we're going to be having, um, we're going to be having an intern this summer. Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. Nice. So in light of the whole Antioch Institute jazz, we're going to have an intern this summer. So hopefully that'll work out. Um, and what's really cool about that is, apart from all the kinks and the logistics for that, is um, that he works for the school district. So he gets paid throughout the summer. So we don't have to worry about funding, which is... Okay really nice That's awesome because it's not like we can give him anything if we wanted to <laughs> um, no, no more peanuts left yeah no more peanuts. Peanuts. we got these pretzels okay. we got the- <laughs> <laughs> he bumped down to pretzels yeah yeah and so they're organic kind and yes. uh <laughs> gluten-free yeah exactly and we got some rice crispy <laughs> treats as well like, uh, so yeah a cup coffee for you do you okay, like that yeah. you want some, you want some of this <laughs> so um yeah more on that to come so so lord willing that works out really well but yeah so this week was 
uh, a little bit more focused on on content for the next two weeks. So the internship, the men's gathering that we're having, uh, preaching on Sunday, and then the following week we have a, a, a group leader workshop, and it's the last mm-hmm. one for the spring. And so getting all that content ready uh, before all that hits, because we're also finishing Colossians in the next yes. couple of weeks. And so getting, I, I want to, I want to have enough time to start uh, unpacking uh, Philemon mm-hmm. and, and, and then the Psalms. Because Philemon's only going to be like three weeks. Right. And the so, Psalms like three years. The Psalms <laughs> are going to be like three years. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, so we'll do Philemon and then I think six weeks in the Psalms and then we're going into Ruth. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty stoked about that to shatter everyone's assumptions of what they think Ruth is about. But that's another podcast <laughs> for another, another day. day. <laughs> um, all right. So this morning we're going to be talking about uh, family discipleship and the church. And so one of the books that we all either read or began reading um, was uh, Family Discipleship by Matt Chandler and Adam Griffin, I think. Uh, really good book, very insightful, very practical, and certainly um, saturated in, 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 in God's Word. And so over the last uh, couple of days, but in particular today, we just sat around and started kind of talking about um, the role of the church as it pertains to family discipleship. And we realized or we learned that this is a very big topic that could lead us into so many different avenues of family discipleship, uh, certainly the role of the church in family discipleship, but parenting, marriage, um, adoption, uh, infertility, like it can lead us into so many different avenues. And so I think it's important to say that at the beginning of our, of our time, um, that at the beginning of our time, um, it's, it's important to say that, um, these topics that we're going to be covering are going to be broad enough or they're going to be very broad for the purpose of just answering a couple of practical questions. Uh, we even threw the idea of even, um, doing a series on this. And so, but anyway, the, the, the idea of this is that the topics are going to be fairly broad and we're only going to address a couple of things. And so, for our listeners who may feel like we left out some stuff, it's yeah, because we did. So, <laughs> Intentionally. <laughs> and so at the very least right now, this is going to be a two-part conversation. And so right now we're going to walk into, we're going to answer the question, what is the role of the church in family discipleship? So that's going to be this episode. And then the ne- next week's episode uh, is going to be uh, an, an overview of parenting in a digital age. And so we'll we'll get to that later. Um, but, man, I want to direct you all to um, the book, Family Discipleship. This is page 55. Uh, and page 55, I forgot what actual cha- – it's chapter 2. It's uh, called The Foundation. And here Chandler and Griffin answer the question to to the role of the church and family discipleship. And so here's here's what they write. In this respect, the role of the church is to help disciple children by coming around parents and caregivers with love, support, accountability, and prayer. Faithful brothers and sisters provide additional voices of truth for children, not to assume parental influence, but rather to supplement 
and strengthen it. And so I thought that was a really powerful statement. But in addition to that, it was a very affirming statement because when uh, LC came on board, we really wanted to um, get as specific as possible as to what the mission of kids ministry was going to be and how that was going to shape in large part much of our culture here at, at Storehouse. And mm-hmm. so, Elsie, what, what is the, the the mission of Storehouse Kids? Do you know about memory? Yeah. Of course it's you do. A, <laughs> <laughs> the mission is to um, come alongside parents uh, to disciple and develop their children for the glory of God. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so there is this uh, priority, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. to come alongside. So in other words, we are not going to be the primary disciple makers. No. It's, it's parents that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And as Chandler and Griffin write, uh, our role then is going to be to strengthen parents, to yep. encourage them, to empower parents, to, to exhort them, something that we're going to talk about in a little bit. And so I think it's really important for us to uh, have that clarity and make that distinction mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of how uh, family discipleship, not just kids ministry, but but family discipleship in particular can be looked at within the context of the church. And so in our conversation, we started talking about what family discipleship looks like in, in two contexts. Um, and so we wanted to address what family discipleship looks like in the context of of kids ministry and on Sunday in particular, mm-hmm. and then what family discipleship looks like in the context of, of community. And specifically we're looking at small group ministry. So for us, that's missional communities, other churches, you know, title it something else. And so, uh, I think it's important for us to, to at the very least approach these two large environments and have a discussion on what family discipleship ought to look like. Right. In, in these in these contexts. And so mm-hmm. beginning with, with kids ministry and Sunday, let's start with kids ministry first. I think it is important to mm, address what kids ministry is not. So so why don't we start with y'all on, on that? Elsie, you take mm-hmm. that lead and then Jay speak into that. Uh, I think it's important to address what kids ministry is not. So so what what is kids ministry not? Yeah, it's, um, I think we've said it before in other uh, episodes um, too, but it's not um, babysitting while mom and dad um, or grandma and grandpa are in the the main church service. Um, it's not childcare um, to just let the kids do whatever they want. Um, it's not um, a separate uh, time that just because that they're away and um, uh, from the rest of their family, it's not the only uh, space that they're going to hear about Jesus um, or should hear about Jesus. And so um, definitely those um, come to mind. And those were the main things that we had to address of what children's ministry wasn't um, when we um, did the whole streamlining mm-hmm. for kids ministry when we uh, replanted storehouse um, because that was a, a lot of the assumptions that even our volunteers had at that time still like oh it's just child care or it was only a select few of volunteers that were like no let's go ho we're gonna ho like to share the gospel with um, 
with these kids because my kids are also in the class or they're in a different class. And so this is like our continuation. So there was a mixed, um, there were mixed views about the ministry itself for those who were in the ministry. Um, and ergo the people of the church too had mixed views of it. Yeah. What, yeah. Speaking of that, Jay, what about, what about you particularly as a parent, but also serving in the context of the local church and being around church, uh, for, for, for quite a while, like, um, what have you seen kind of be, um, yeah, the, 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 the main priority of kids ministry? Um, the main priority that I saw growing up was incorrectly, uh, may not incorrectly, maybe I think the intention was there, but I think, you know, we spoke offline about how language matters and the culture matters. And, um, it became a, uh, for lack of a better word, a shooing away of the children while the adults learned about Jesus. And not that there wasn't valuable things being taught in those children's churches in those classes, or the intention was to do that, but um, it separated the family. It created a space where you thought, well, children learn over here, and the adults, adults learn over here, rather than folding them in together and supplementing what has been going on all week um, was an hour on Sunday. Um, I think... Now, as like in our context in Storehouse, we have learned that the importance of scripturally bringing the kids and keeping them around the adults, because life is happening outside of Sunday. Life is happening 24 hours a day, seven days a week with your children, and modeling those things and seeing those things modeled is important, not to separate them, but to supplement and say, and you too, you guys are image bearers, you're tiny little humans that we're bringing along. And learning about Jesus, and you're no less important. We're not trying to get rid of you. We may be doing something in children's in children's ministry that's more your age, but it's in the context of the whole family and how we've changed around mm-hmm. um, communion to include the kids. Mm-hmm. It's important that they see what it should look like for mom, dad, families to love the Lord with them, not separate from them. Because how do you know if you don't see? How do you learn if you're not taught? And yeah. how do you learn if you're put to a side and said, "Hey, you need to go over here now." While mommy and daddy learn about Jesus, that's yeah. that's not what Scripture teaches us to do. So yeah, yeah, I think I think you said a lot of good things. I think in, in, in particular, it is go, going back to what what it isn't first. Um, Elsa, you touched on that that it that it's not babysitting. We're not doing childcare. Um, therefore, for instance, I, I want to get back to what Jay was saying, but particularly in the context of kids ministry, like your priority isn't to certify babysitters your priority is developing teachers yeah and so broadly speaking Mm -hmm. what is it that you're developing these individuals for we're developing them to to make sure that they can relay the gospel message to children at the different ages from babies all the way to uh, fifth grade and so that that equipping aspect of children's ministry was something um, I think it took um, it took a bit of time to kind of like have the light bulb go off for myself even Mm -hmm. that wait it's not about a program structure it's not about getting uh, solely about a program structure it's not solely about okay you have to be background checked and all of that Um, what we're really doing is still an overflow and continuation of how we're to disciple each other mm-hmm. uh, period um, and so the great joy that we now have in Christ 
is actually an overflow of the joy that we get to share with these kids. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that has in a sense like evolved as we've continued Mm -hmm. together. Um, and I say we, because it hasn't just been me teaching. I haven't been the only one in this. It's been a team and the team has, and the leadership team as well, that has been like a huge mind shift. And so the things that we've repented of to, to God and to each other, to break down those um, assumptions, assumptions yeah. those yeah. you know false um, false gospels, or you know just lies from the enemy to you, and um, laying down our insecurities um, and how we lead or how we volunteer. That's that was just like such a wonderful undoing yeah. um, to really just see the whole point of what the ministry yeah. was, and so um, it really, yeah, it, it was really great to to have that have had that time to wrestle well with what we were going through, um, what the team needed, um, so that we could, again, be, uh, disciple others and ergo disciple kids. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it was really important. I think it's, it's great that y'all recognize some of the challenges that you had in moving forward, knowing where you wanted to go, but there were some challenges that you had to address first. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, what's equally important wasn't just laying down um, insecurities, which I think are, are, are key, but also, and you touched on this a little bit, was also laying down idols, uh, mm-hmm. idols of, of what individuals or families thought kids ministry was or the the purpose that kids ministry served. And so I think that was a really fruitful time because it, it forced y'all to go back to the pages of scripture. Yes. It forced y'all to confront um, how we're going to do things differently. And I also mm-hmm. want to be clear that... Um, we use this language often, like, um, it's not that we're against programs, but in particular, oh, no. when it, when it comes to kids ministry, I think, and, and you and I were talking about this earlier, Jay, where I think sometimes many churches within the context of kids ministry communicate it primarily as a program. So if a church is having, let's just use, let's just keep using Sunday morning. So when a church gathers on Sunday morning, one of the attractional pieces is not so much kids ministry, but childcare or the activities that kids are going to be doing while parents are in quote unquote big church. Yeah, they'd be entertained. Yeah, they're going to the be right? entertained. And so mm-hmm. sometimes even the word uh, or the use of the word programs gets so lost because it turns into entertainment, it turns into activity, it turns into preoccupation with something that isn't gospel centric yeah, uh, or so I should say something that may not be gospel centric, but what mom and dad are doing are, or is gospel centric. And I think, uh, I was telling y'all that I was in a coaching call the other day and I had a pastor telling me that as they were beginning to regather for Sunday mornings, they're looking at getting volunteers because they have so many kids and, and he regularly was using the phrase childcare man, we're really excited to gather on Sundays again. We're really excited to preach the word again. And, uh, man, we just need volunteers for childcare. And mm-hmm. he kept on saying childcare and childcare. And I think I knew what he meant, but I think more importantly, um, pastors and church leadership in general need to recognize that that language creates culture. Right. And mm-hmm. so if I'm constantly referring to kids ministry as, um, childcare, 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 um, then similar to what you and your team experienced, your people are going to catch on to that and, and think, yeah, kids ministry is childcare. 
kids ministry is babysitting and 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 it's not just the, it's not just parents who will embrace that um, language and ideology it's it's going to yeah. be the volunteers themselves it's going to mm-hmm. be the teachers themselves and so so language matters and so um yeah i would agree with everything you said elsie i think you've done a great job in in really pushing and exhorting and training our volunteers to hey we're you're going to be a bible teacher you're you're not a babysitter yeah, you're a bible yeah. teacher um Jay, you were talking about Sunday morning, so so let's transition quickly. It's it's still within the same question, right? What what does it look like in the context of kids ministry, but now Sunday in particular? Um, we began, and you and I had talked about this uh, in the fall of 2020, when when kids ministry still wasn't gathering. Um, kids were in in service with parents, and that actually proved to be remarkably fruitful mm-hmm. because particularly in the area of communion, right? Or the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. um, kids were beginning to ask questions that some parents were a little intimidated by. Yeah, they were, yeah. They, yeah. So could you speak into that and and then speak into, from your perspective, what the value of family discipleship has been, for instance, when it's come to the Lord's Supper? Well, I think when it first started, it was a little bit, awkward like oh the kids are going to be here while we're getting up while we're doing these things and then the questions came well daddy why do you get up or well, what are you doing oh i'm taking communion it's something that i think that it forced parents to think about what am i what am i actually doing i'm coming to the lord's table here there is a uh, a spiritual uh, discipline here that i have not explained to my children there is a sacrament here that I haven't said the word sacrament to my children, probably, because they're five and eight. So when they ask, what are you doing? Why do you do that? What does it signify? So the questions were like rapid fire. And it forces you to understand, I have not been discipling you guys. I've been letting you guys just take, I took for granted what I'm doing here, maybe. And I have not, I'm not discipling you well in that area. So for me, I was like, well... How do I explain this to you in a way that you're going to understand? So it forced me to think, how do you explain communion to a four-year-old? What do you say? But we found, and I think we've talked about this before, what I found is if I'm not talking to them about it the other six days of the week, that 15 minutes, that seven, eight minutes, it's not going to translate well. So part of the conversation in family discipleship time at home was, let's talk about communion, guys. Let's say what this means. So then you can come alongside them on Sundays and say, guys, well, what we do, uh, Vanessa and I do, is we take the kids and I'll kneel with them and I'll talk to them and ask them, what does this mean? We talk about repentance now, sin. It's given us, without getting too detailly, an opportunity to disciple them because in our context as a church, you guys, we have given the parents an opportunity, like a great opportunity to talk to their kids about Jesus at church. When church is usually quiet, don't talk, say that we are now going back and explaining communion to our children um and that has been such a fruitful part of discipling them a fruitful part of bringing them in and folding them into church so now that they look forward to communion because they want to talk about who jesus is and what he's done and what these things mean and the seriousness of it at five years old and what repentance means and what forgiveness means and what those things are where it used to be kids were in at their program or up in uh, their classes during communion. Now we have opportunity to disciple them 
an extra one during church. So it's it's been great. Yeah, I, man, I, I I think I have benefited just in seeing uh, parents and fathers in particular address some of these serious questions that children have had Mm -hmm. and i think that was one of the benefits of um maybe not benefits but that that certainly was one of the things that we learned about in the in the year of covid um and uh and it's proved itself to be remarkably fruitful and i think that's why we saw this value to even when kids ministry started gathering again we saw this value of keeping kids ministry to just a couple of times a month. Like one, we do twice a month. We right? do twice a month, yeah. So, so doing it twice a month so that kids would be with parents the whole time, right? Because uh, even when kids ministry does meet, there's the the portion where we are praying together, where we are singing uh, together, where we are. Um, where where many covenant members are taking communion together, right? So we're we're having this fellowship in the Lord's Supper, and kids are watching. They're a part of that. They're asking questions, like you were saying, and and then in addition to that, the weeks where kids ministry doesn't gather, everybody is is there. Yeah. And so it's 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 been very fruitful. I think it's very good for kids to see mom and dad sing even if they're out of tune or out of key i think that's important right like that's not just that's not a goof that's that's important because it's seeing mom and dad worship and adore uh the lord jesus and so they're asking questions and they want to worship and adore him alongside mom and dad Mm -hmm. and so so yeah so sundays for us uh when it's come to family discipleship uh, it's been really pressing the question of how could we, or at the time of 2020, it was been how could we keep this going? How do we begin putting more emphasis on family discipleship? Um, and it's not that we don't talk about kids ministry, and it's not that we don't value age-appropriate content, um, but even being very specific with the language that we're using, mm-hmm. right? So again, coming alongside parents, we're here to strengthen you. We're here to supplement your voice. We are not here to be primary disciple makers. Um, in addition to that, um, we want you to bring them to, I suppose, the main gathering, right? Because some parents are like, oh man, you know, they're going to be squirrely and they're going to, okay, well, yes, this is your, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, yes. right. uh, they are going to do that. Uh, you're still the parent <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to keep going because this, we value this so much. And I think, uh, contextually, right? Like the Valley loves children because the Valley keeps having a lot of kids, right? You know, and we have a lot of kids. Yeah. And so, um, man, it, I, I think in part it's, it's, it's something that we, we must take seriously because culturally, our family takes it seriously. So mm-hmm. what what better context to sh- demonstrate how this ought to work than the context of the church? Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Native Citizens. We hope you've been enjoying this first part of our conversation on family discipleship. Tune in next week for the second part of this conversation.